0: Our fourth reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, telling a story about the infant Jesus 40 days after he was born. We read this in Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 32. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. That you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Forty days after the birth of Jesus, Mary and Joseph brought their newborn son to the temple to be declared clean. For Mary and Joseph, this was simply an expectation every new Jewish parents experienced, something to check off the list before life could get back to normal. As they ran this errand, however, they unexpectedly meet Simeon, a devout Jewish man who carried a promise from God in his heart. Now, before we go any further, it's interesting to know that Simeon in the Old Testament was not uh, a devout person, typically. He was one of the 12 brothers of Joseph who threw him into the well. Uh, he doesn't come out super well in most of the Old Testament. If your name is Simeon, it's not a good thing. And so Simeon is actually playing against type here because he is a righteous and he is a devout man. He is not someone who would sell his brother uh, into slavery. He is someone who was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Earlier in his life, God had promised this faithful man he would not die before he encountered the promised Messiah, whom uh, he understood by the help of the Holy Spirit as the hope and the consolation of God's people. Now, this made Simeon pretty different, even amongst his contemporaries. It doesn't say that Simeon's a, a, a Pharisee. It doesn't say he's working in the temple. It just says that he's a righteous and devout man. And so unlike the Pharisees or other religious leaders, Simeon believed not just that God would move among his people again, but fulfill the promises, the covenants of Abraham and David, of Moses and Jeremiah in a new way. Simeon believed their God would soon come to rescue his children, and the Lord told him to keep his eyes open. And so as Mary and Joseph went about their business, this man stops And takes hold of their child. Now I think that's a little awkward for Mary and Joseph. It's not a normal occurrence for someone to just sort of grab your child in the temple. But he holds him because he too knows who this child would grow up to become. In one short encounter, Simeon declares this child would fundamentally change God's relationship with humanity. By faith, Simeon saw Jesus as we know him on the cross, not just a prophet of great power or a great teacher of wisdom, but the one who would save Israel and everyone who ever called on his name in faith. Simeon saw how the birth of the Savior rested at the very center of God's plan for his people. Before Jesus, the world rested under a curse, condemned By sin, humanity wandered from their only source of life, the God who loved them. If you remember way back in Genesis, it is the people who are hiding. It is God who is seeking them out. But the arrival of the Messiah signals our Lord's intention to overthrow sin and death and redeem his people. For Simeon, the arrival of Jesus in the manger, the arrival of Jesus in the temple disrupts the broken world status quo. All the brokenness, all of the death, all of the war, all of the fighting, all of the disease. Everything that is wrong with this world is going to change because this baby has been born. Early church father Athanasius, uh, besides being a really cool name, Athanasius, uh, says it this way. He has come into our country and dwelt in one body amidst the many. And in consequence, the designs of the enemy against humanity have been foiled. And the corruption of death, which formerly held them in its power, has simply ceased to be. The human race would have perished utterly had not the Lord and Savior of all, the Son of God, come among us. Simeon believes Christ's arrival in the manger changes everything. J.I. Packer uh, who's a, a preacher of the last century wrote, The Christmas message is that there is hope for a ruined humanity, hope of pardon, hope of peace with God, hope of glory, because of the Father's will, Jesus was born in a stable so that 30 years he might hang on a cross. Simeon recognized this in the little baby. And he was overcome with joy because he understood what the incarnation has done and will do for humanity in three distinct ways. There were three ways that he was joyful uh, that we can see in the scripture. First, Simeon understood that Jesus came solely because our good and loving father desired to rescue his children. Paul writes about this later in Titus 3, 4, and he uses the word uh, epiphano, epiphano. to explain how the love of God appeared at Jesus' birth. Now, this word signifies a sudden revelation, like an unexpected light shining in the darkness. The love of God is an epiphany. It is is, uh, something that comes and is brilliantly bright. The shepherds hadn't expected the glory of God to be revealed when they took their sheep to the field. The kings of that time, even the religious leaders of Israel, Hadn't expected an infant would signal the arrival of God's kingdom. The Savior was just born, bursting into a broken world like the sun breaking the darkness of night. Simeon saw our salvation comes not from our own efforts, but the actions of a loving God who entered creation to save it. Preacher Alistair Begg says a Christian is not somebody who has said, I need to do something about my life. A Christian is someone who, made the one, who has made the wonderful discovery that God has done something amazing in their life. Simeon understood this reality. He understood that Jesus had come not because he was good, but because God was good, because God loved his children. And When he took Jesus in his arms, he rejoiced. Second, Simeon experienced great joy because he understood what the Savior's birth meant for a weary people crushed under the weight of a broken world. For centuries, the people of Israel had suffered under the oppression of foreign nations like Babylon and Persia. <clears throat> Even when they were allowed to return home, the tides of history drowned their hopes as empires rose and fell around them. There was Alexander sweeping across. There was a Roman Empire setting up shop. But of course, the darkness had not begun when the kingdoms of Israel and Judah fell to neighboring armies. The darkness that Israel experienced wasn't because they lost their nation. It was because they had lost their connection with God way back in Genesis. The final verses of Isaiah 8 describe humanity's existence since their rebellion in the garden. It says the people pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. They look to the earth and behold distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish. They will be all driven away into deep shadow. Now the Hebrew word for darkness here, when God uses this word, Darkness, he's talking not just about an absence of light, but the misery of living apart from God. The Old Testament uses darkness to describe confusion and uncertainty, evil done in secret, trouble, seasons of intense suffering and death itself. Now, back in those days, that made sense. On a practical level, anarchy arrived when night Fell. The gates of the cities closed when the sun set because that's when animals came from the wilderness and evil men would commit crimes. But Simeon recognized that in Jesus something had finally changed. The darkness was fading and would soon be overcome by the light. Like Isaiah promised in Isaiah 9, a great light had risen upon humanity in Jesus, bringing life to those who were dead, hope to those who had given up salvation to everyone who believed. Jesus represents a literal new dawn for humanity, a new way of being human, a kingdom not built by armies, but God's presence moving in and through his people. Simeon would have loved the verses from O Holy Night, a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The arrival of the Savior in our world, in our own lives, plus his promise to make all things new brings joy we can find nowhere else. Finally, when Simeon held the baby Jesus, he felt the joy not just of rescue, which was real and overwhelming, but also transformation. He knew the world was about to change. The incarnation points to the promise and ongoing activity of the spirit moving in and through the children of God. Again, before the birth of Jesus, the entire human race lived apart from God. Yes, there were flashes of goodness, but humanity remained enslaved to the sin of their own souls, to the confines of death and the broken world around them. Their separation from God resulted in a spiritual blindness that gave rise to selfishness, discord, confusion, and ultimately hatred of themselves and one another. But Jesus took on human flesh so that humanity could escape that state and become entirely new creations born of his spirit and infused with the love of God the Father, all because Jesus came to be with us at Christmas. The birth of Jesus sets our transformation in motion, like tapping a ball at the top of a hill. The momentum of the change we experience in Jesus begins, not with ourselves, but it begins in the manger. There we are saved not only from the darkness that surrounds and overwhelms us, but for a new life that continually grows and expands in hope and faith and love and A Scottish uh, storyteller uh, and pastor, George MacDonald, writes, If we will but let our God and Father work his will with us, there can be no limit to his enlargement of our existence, to the flood of life which will overflow from within us. When Jesus moves in us, we are changed. His thoughts become our thoughts. His cares, our cares. We are given his heart and we learn to love like he loves. Knowing all of this, Simeon held the baby and he rejoiced. So let's touch and taste that same joy, the joy of knowing Jesus, the Savior, has come to us, rescues us, and invites us into the new and abundant life of God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen.